Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by The Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer. The scripture today is going to be in Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 13 through 20. We're looking at the NIV version. And so Sister Young will read that for us. Amen. Thank you. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and older and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. Amen and amen. We thank God for that. Thank you for reading that for us. All right. So let us let us get ready for the word. Dear God, we just thank you for another opportunity to share in your word today, God. We thank you for your people. We thank you for, um, for coming and dying for us, Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you. Uh, for the time that we're going to spend in the word together today, God, that you will use this time to, to build us up, God, that you will use this time to encourage us and that you will use this time to empower us that we will be able to take your gospel message forward uh, this day. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen again. And I, I pray that everyone had a, a great Christmas. I know it was a bit different um, probably from years past and the way that you are uh, accustomed to spending uh, Christmas with your family. And I know a lot of us were not able to travel. We just didn't want to take the risk. And I understand that. And my family did the same. We stayed uh, within our home uh, and, and just, you know, gathered together. And we did do a lot of virtual calls and uh, checking in and, and, and talking to family all around the country. And so we just did it like that this year. And uh, we pray that things will be better and different next year that we will be able to, uh, to gather with those loved ones, um, you know, and, and you know the way that we're used to doing so. Uh, and I know we started this year, a lot of us talking about the year of 2020, the year of perfect vision and things of that sort. And I know that it's been a rough year, but I think if nothing else, we do see things a bit clearer uh, now than maybe we did, you know, this time last year. And so uh, Merry Christmas again uh, and to you and yours. Uh, and I hope that the young people they got new toys and things of that sort. I hope you didn't break uh, your items on the first day. I'm sure there were a lot of parents all over the country hoping and praying and maybe even threatening you to make sure that you did not tear up those 
precious gifts that you received uh, this this year. And so uh, I know how that can go. Thankfully, our daughter, Gabriella, she has not broken anything yet that I'm aware of. Um, and so all is well on that front. I hope that you remembered or that you were reminded, young people, of the real reason for the season. It was not about any of the gifts under the tree, uh, but the gift that we received, the gift who came to die on the tree for us, the person of Jesus Christ. He came and died uh, for our salvation. That's the real reason for the season. Always remember that wherever you go. Uh, it is fourth Sunday and we know it's our youth Sunday. So uh, you'll hear me addressing the youth quite a bit. So I pray that there are some youth on the line or that we will tag some youth or we will share this video with them later on. Amen. Uh, the word is for everybody. Now, last week we talked about the roles and the responsibilities of Joseph and Mary. Uh, we talked about the gift of yes. That was our subject last week, the gift of yes. And we were uh, focusing primarily on Mary because as you know, she was the first human who accepted Jesus into her into her life. You know, with, with no matter what the cost was to her, she accepted Jesus. But then there was also Joseph who had to accept Jesus as his son and Mary as his wife and to decide to participate in the promise of God to bring a savior to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we talked about the gift of yes last week. Um, but I want you to know that their roles and their responsibilities were not complete just in the mere accepting of Jesus into their lives, right? They have more work to do. And so today we want to continue exploring them and talk about protecting the gift. We want to preach from the subject, protecting the gift, amen. And so just here's a little background and, and recap of, of what's going on in this passage. We get these magi, right? Or magi, or, or you can call them wise men. Uh, sometimes your, your translation might read. But they were astrologers who came from the east, uh, possibly from Persia or southern Arabia. And they came to Jerusalem seeking to worship the one who was born the king of the Jews, okay? That's very important, that word that, we, that I just used there, born the king, okay? And so we're gonna, and you'll see why in, in a little bit. And it made sense that they would come to Jerusalem because it was the Jewish capital, okay? And so contrary to tradition, the Magi, these, these supposedly three wise men, they did not visit Jesus at the manger on the night of his birth, okay? Those, that was the shepherds. Those, that were the shepherds that visited Jesus on the night of his birth. These guys came much later, perhaps as far out as a year or two. The text tells us that they visited the child in his house with his mother. Okay. And we do not know for sure how many wise men were in this group, uh, but because they offered three gifts, Oftentimes, you know, and they were those were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Tradition has surmised that there were three uh, wise men, but we don't know, right? And if, if you know anything about people coming to a, to an event, to a party, uh, sometimes somebody might forget a gift, and they might ask, "Hey, can you put my name on that gift? Can you put my name on that card?" And so we don't know how many people there were, uh, but we know that there were three gifts offered to the Savior. However. You know, that's not recorded. We don't know. It's not recorded in the, in the scriptures. And as we read this text, we see that there were, that they were seeking Jesus openly. 
these magi, however many they were, three or six, however many there were, they were seeking Jesus openly. But this king called Herod, he is aiming to manipulate them in secret. Okay, they're open, they're openly trying to worship Jesus. And this guy, this king, he's trying to manipulate them in secret. That's what he's that's what's going on. And when the current king Herod hears that these men uh, are seeking the location of some future king, he commands for them to alert him once the child is located so that he too might come and worship the newborn king. At least that's what he tells them, right? He tells them that, hey, I want to go and worship this king too. So do me a favor. Once you find him, send word back to me so that I can come and also worship the newborn king. However, once they are divinely led to the house, and after they had worshiped and offered gifts to Jesus, God warns them in a dream not to return to Herod, but to take another path and go home. Okay, and so this King Herod, let's talk about him a little bit. He's known in history as Herod the Great. And that's important to note because there were there were other Herods. Okay, there were other Herods even in our Bible. And so this one is known as Herod the Great. Uh, and because of his loyalty to Rome, he was given authority over Palestine and the title of king. He was given these things because he was loyal to the kingdom. Okay, uh, and so to the win to win favor with both the Romans and the Jews, he carried out these lavish building projects. He built temples and he built uh, theaters and monuments and, and pagan altars to false gods. He built walls and he built these different fortresses all around the kingdom. That's, this is what he was a great, he was this great builder. And so like most rulers of his time, he was also very ruthless. He was a ruthless man. Okay, uh, um, he had 10 wives, the Bible tells us, but he murdered one. He also had three of his sons, a mother-in-law, a brother-in-law, an uncle, and many others put to death. This King Harold the Great, he was a very suspicious guy. He And he worried that someone, maybe somebody within, even within his own family, would rise up against him and try to take control of his throne. And so anybody who he perceived as a, a as a potential threat, they had to be taken out. Okay, that was that's the way he operated. And so this act of murdering all of the young male children, two years and younger, as we read in the text, within the region of Bethlehem, in an effort to eliminate the one whom the Magi called the King of the Jews. This fits within Herod's character. We can clearly see him doing something. We can imagine him doing this uh, based on the other things that he has done prior to this point. Now, Herod had been made king. Remember I said that he had been made king by the Roman government. But now you have these folks who are proclaiming that this child is born king. And so Herod Herod saw this as a great threat. What do you mean? I'm the king. I've been made king. And you telling me somebody else has been born king? How can they be born into something that I've already aspired to? I've already been made the king. And so this is what has him so perplexed and worried uh, and, and paranoid. But you would think that from Herod's secure position in the palace as the king, that he would not be so worried about a little baby boy right? You would think that he would have more, more sense of security in his position and his location in the, in the palace, but he didn't. 
but that's just like the stain of sin. Uh, that's the that's the human condition of sin that is on our lives, right? Because we often, not just King Herod, but we in general, we often neglect, abuse, misuse, and destroy gifts that we do not understand. Amen. And that and that includes people, people that God can send to you as a gift. Uh, but if you don't understand them, we will often neglect them, abuse them, misuse them, and even destroy and try to destroy them um, if we don't understand who and what they are. And so Herod had only received part of here. And here's my and here's how we'll prove that King Herod had only received part of the revelation when he sought the counsel of these chief priests. And, and maybe, my friends, if he would have sat down and listened a little bit longer, he would have learned that he, too, could have received Jesus in peace. Jesus didn't pose a threat to him. He could have received Jesus in peace just like the Magi did, just like Jesus and Mary did. He could have received Jesus and, and, and had Jesus change his heart and his life. And so, family, uh, I, I just want to say to you, there is no reason for any of us to be envious or threatened by the gifts that are received by others, right? You see people getting gifts on Christmas Day. Maybe you have multiple children or grandchildren in your family. There's no reason when they get one person gets one gift for another person to get mad or jealous of envious. Why? Because the parents, they're going to give to everybody. And the same is true with God. God gives good gifts to all of his children. God gives good gifts to all of his children. And so whatever your gift from God is, know that while this gift is very precious, it's, it's so delicate, uh, it is so much bigger than any one of us, and it is tied to your destiny, your gift that God has blessed you with, the gift that you accepted from God, it is, is bigger than any of us, and it is tied to our individual and collective destinies. Amen. Now, there are gifts from God that God wants to give you. There's other gifts from God that God wants to give us. But, it, 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 you know, and that, that if we could receive them properly, if we could receive these gifts and use them pro properly, they would change not only our lives today, but they would have the power and the potential to change the lives of those who are coming behind us for generations. If we would just take and use the gifts that God has blessed us with and use them properly, it would not only change our lives today, but our kids and our great-grandkids, amen? And know this, if God gives you a gift, God will also give you the means to protect that gift, amen? You think about when you go to the store and you and you buy that Apple Watch or that computer or whatever, they'll often offer you a warranty. They'll offer you some type of protection and insurance for that gift, right, that you're buying for somebody else. And sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't. Well, I'm telling you today, that if God gives you a gift, God will also give you the means to protect that gift. Amen. And so I want to talk about four ways that we see in the text where Jesus, I'm sorry, where Mary and Joseph teach us how to protect the gift that God has given to us. Number one, we first, my friends, have to recognize that the gift is in danger. Okay. And so what we want to talk about there is uh, you have to be careful about exposing your gift to any and every one because there are some folks who are wise enough to properly respect and receive your gift. Uh, but there are some other folks out there who feel threatened by the gift that God has blessed you with 
and they will try to do anything within their power to destroy it uh, and, and to kill it before it has a chance to thrive because they know that it has the power to change the world. And so there's people, there's people on both sides. There are people, like I said, that who have sense enough to, to receive your gift and understand that, hey, you know what? Their gift is not a threat to me. Uh, their gift is a blessing to all of us in our community. And let's give them an opportunity to, to operate within their gift. And they will make room for you. But there are some other people that they will feel challenged and they will feel uncomfortable by the ways that God has gifted you. And they will try to try to find ways to seek to destroy you and eliminate opportunities for you to operate in your gifting. And you got to know that that's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to destroy anything that God has gifted to us. He doesn't want to see any of that stuff develop and grow and, and, and to take shape and to, and, and to develop into the things that God has, has gifted you to do. He wants to, he wants to, try, to, to, to try to silence it right away. And so think about this. This is what Harold did. Harold, Herod only pretended to be interested in worshiping Jesus, right? But what he really wanted to do was to stifle and to silence the gift that had been entrusted to Mary and Joseph. He wanted to kill this baby. And he and he was so adamant about it. They said he was willing to, to kill all of the baby boys from age two on down, trying to get to this one in particular. That's how ruthless he was. Now, thankfully, uh, Joseph and Mary, they, they work together. They work together. And so this tells me that we have to use our support systems See, Joseph had a, a history of hearing from God via dreams, right? He would have these dreams from God, and, 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 and then he would get a revelation from God, and he would act upon it. And so, and, and you got to also remember that Mary had her own experience with seeing and talking directly to God's angels. We talked about that last week. We looked at all of the men that was in, in that text. They had to have their, either they were either asleep when the angel of the Lord came to them, or when the angel of the Lord appeared to them, they were so frightened and, and, and gripped by fear. But we saw that Mary, she was so devout and so connected to God that the angel of the Lord was able to appear to this young girl and talk to her directly. She wasn't scared about the angel appearing to her. She was frightened by what the angel said to her. Okay. And so she, she has her own history and connection to the Lord. Uh, and so while there, while some while there are some people out there who are against you, you always got to remember that not everyone is against you or not everyone is trying to destroy your gift. And so we have to learn how to recognize and how to use and operate within our support systems. We have them there. Sometimes it's hard to see uh, your, your support system. Sometimes it's, you know, because maybe you envisioned a particular support system, but God blessed you with a different type of support system. And you got to learn how to be able to see that support system for what it is and to use it in the development of the gift that God has given to you. Amen. And so you got to believe this, that God has prepared and sent some people who are uniquely qualified and interested in helping you to protect the gift that God has given you. You'll find these people on your job and in your church and in your family, when you're in your community, there are people like that, that are, that are genuinely invested in seeing you grow in the things of God. You got to learn how to, to capitalize on that and, and to use it to grow up the gift that God has given you. We, but, but my friends, in order to know the difference, 
I would say that, and this will take us to point number two. If you want to be able to know the difference between these different types of people, the people who are there to want to help you versus the people who are there to try to destroy what God has gifted to you, you got to go to number two. We got to stay receptive to the word of God. That's what we see Mary and Joseph doing. You, you got to stay receptive to the word of God. Friends, we have to be willing to wait on a word from God and don't move sometimes. Sometimes we get so so quick and fast and wanting to make moves and decisions uh, on our own accord. But sometimes you do a whole bunch better if you would just stop and wait and listen for the word of God. Amen. And so we have to wait. When Joseph receives the word to of God to move, then he moves and he does it immediately. He does it in the dark of night. In this text that we are looking at today, we're not told that God also spoke to Mary. Right. And so she had to have a certain level of trust in her husband that this is what God wants us to do. God didn't speak to her in this particular instance. God only went to her husband. But because of his history of, of hearing from God, she trusted and she believed him. And then they, they, they made this move to protect the gift that God had given to them in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. She trusted her husband. Now, some scholars suggest that this family was in Egypt. This is where they went to hide. God sent them to Egypt to hide. And, and, and some scholars believe they were there for some six or seven years before God finally prompts them to come out of hiding, right? Because Herod had died. It was that long that God allowed them to be there in Egypt. Okay, I'm not going to make any suggestions about the, the, the necessarily the nationality or the skin tone of these people that they were able to hide in Egypt. I'll let you make those connections yourself. But but they they were there for a long time in Egypt before they before the word of God came to them again. And so again, we see them having this patience and this reliance upon the word of God before they make any certain moves uh, related to this particular gift, Jesus the Christ. They're waiting to hear from God. But when they hear from God, they always move. We see Joseph and Mary being a family of action, right? They're a family of faith, but they're also a family of action. When God says move, they get to moving, okay? And so this takes us to uh, number three. So they stay receptive to God's word. That's what we want to do today. And as we prepare to go into 2020. Next, we see Mary and Joseph making the gift the priority, Okay, the gift is the priority. When you when you go through and you study this passage, especially if you look at verses one, verse three, verse 14, and verses 20 and 21, what you will notice is that the child, the child always comes before his mother, right? The child is always listed first when you go through and read that. And that and that seems to tell us that the gift has to be the top priority, right? Because why? Because in this scenario, there was a system that was trying to destroy the gift. There was a system trying to destroy Jesus. And so therefore, the gift had to be a priority. All of the moves that they made were to protect the gift from God. Amen. And so although this particular gift of, will grow to be bigger than any of our gifts will often grow bigger than us. Okay. Our gifts. But the thing about it is we shouldn't worry about the gift crowding us out. Because you make the gift a priority, the gift will often seem to outgrow you and become this great and big thing. But don't worry about that. Keep developing the gift. Keep feeding the gift. Uh, letting that gift grow. 
Why? Because the Bible tells us that the gift will always make room for you, right? The gift will always make room for you. You'll never be, you'll never be um, crowded out, right? When you are using your gift and operating in the gift that God has given you, whatever your gift is, operate in it, whatever your gift is, develop it to its full potential. And I promise you, God will bless you and, and, and allow you to, to live your best life, as we often say, because you were faithful to that gift that he entrusted uh, to you. Amen. And so always, always be willing to make the gift the priority because it, especially the gift that comes from God. Amen. All right. Number four, let's be moving right along. Number four, we're going to have to, if we want to protect the gift, we have to be willing to make the right moves. And we see a pattern of Joseph and Mary making the right moves. They were willing to make the right moves on the behalf of the gift. Who was the gift? The gift was the baby Jesus. Again, we see them uh, not just making geographical moves, uh, but also moral and ethical and spiritual moves. Okay. And so that's what we have to be willing to be able to do. We got to sometimes make some moves that we wouldn't normally make. We got to, we got to make some decisions that we wouldn't more uh, normally make morally, ethically, and spiritually, but we're making those uh, decisions. Why? Because we've made the gift the priority. We've already done that. And so when we've, when we've done that, then that's going to cause us to have to, to make some different decisions than what we would normally make in and of ourselves. Amen. And so we, 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 um, we are talking about making the moves that allow the gift of God to be safe at whatever the cost, right? That you didn't, you don't think that they wanted to maybe stay in their own home and stay in their own country. They didn't want to just have to pack up and leave in the middle of the night like that and stay gone for six or seven years and, and probably had to not be as connected with some folks because they didn't want folks to get word of where they were. They had to make a lot of drastic changes in their life to protect this child. And it, we don't see anything on record, and I don't believe they ever did question their decision. I don't think we, we don't see anything on record where Mary ever wished she wouldn't have accepted, uh, you know, the word of, of the Lord uh, from the angel to, to, to give birth to the Savior. We never see any record where Joseph regretted taking Mary as his wife and Jesus as his son. Uh, we see them making the moves necessary, uh, whatever the cost, to protect the gift of God. We see them making the right moves. And so what, what is your gift? That's the question I want to ask you today. What is your gift and what are you willing to do to protect it? Okay. Whatever your gift is, your gift might be your marriage. Your gift might be your, your children, or maybe the God, the, the job that God has blessed you with. Maybe you prayed and fasted and cried out to God for that job. And now you have it. Uh, maybe your, maybe your gift is your joy. Maybe you have this joy that is so unspeakable and people look at you sometimes like, why is this person so joyful when I know that they've been through so much? But you, you have a gift of, of, of displaying uh, true and real authentic joy. Maybe your gift is, is peace. Maybe you are a peace lover and wherever you seem to go, you bring peace with you or maybe happiness. Maybe you finally got to this place in your life where you have true happiness and you see that as a gift from God, because you maybe you lived through so much tumult uh, uh, in, in the previous life, but now you have true happiness and joy that comes only from, from knowing Jesus the Christ, right? And so that's a gift to you. What are you going to do to protect it? Your gift might be 
a business venture or a book idea, a book deal that God has um, birthed within your spirit to write. Maybe you know you're going to start this great business or write this awesome book that the world needs to read. Okay, what are you going to do as we get ready to go into 21? What are you going to do to protect that gift? Your gift might be your mental or your physical health. It might be your very life, right? You, you got a diagnosis and the doctor said, well, all you got to do is change your diet a little bit. You got to exercise a little bit more and, 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 and you'll be just fine with that thing, okay? What are you going to do to protect it? You know what your gift from God is. I don't know what your gift from God is, but you know. And if you don't know, maybe you're young or, or maybe you're still trying to figure that out. Let us pray about that. You know what I'm saying? We can pray about that and ask God to reveal the gift even to you today. And so that you can get busy with developing it and protecting that gift. Amen. Uh, but you, but, but for those of us who do know what your, you know what your gift is, what are you doing to protect it? What have you done to protect it? What are you willing to do? Right. And, and, and you know that what God has promised and allowed you know whatever it is, right? If you if you if you know what your gift is and you and you've been kind of operating in it but not really, you know what God promised to you. And we know that God's promises are true. Okay? And so therefore, what if he if he's allowed you to to give birth to that thing, if he's allowed you to bring that gift into this world, I I've already told you he's going to do his job to help you to protect the gift. But sometimes my friends, we do not cooperate with God's leading the way we see Mary and Joseph doing. Sometimes we get all, I, I talk about coordinating with our blessings, right? Sometimes our blessings going this way and, and we going the other way, but we gotta, we gotta learn how to get in agreement with our, our, our blessings from God and flow right under the anointing of God. And, and God will bless you so much for it. But, but my friends, you also have to know this, that the devil has a plan. And he's trying to destroy that gift before again, before it has any chance to thrive and to bear fruit. We got a job to do, which is to protect the gift. But like I'm telling you, you got to know the devil is busy on his job. He doesn't take any days off, right? And so we got to stay actively present and engaged in this idea of protecting the gift, all right? And so you got a job to do, my friends. And, and to any young people today who are watching or listening uh, to this broadcast, your dream might be to become something great. And, and you may have already been equipped with the required basic tools and talent to make that dream come true. But guess what? You also have a reasonable responsibility to protect that gift, even in your young life, right? Don't try to think and wait, oh, when I get 25 or 30, I'm a, no. You have a responsibility and, a, and a, uh, even as your young age right now, whatever age you are, if you know that God has gifted you in some areas, you got to protect that gift, even starting now and pray for a good support system that will help you to protect that gift. Why? Because to not to protect, if we choose not to protect the gift, I think that's a slap in the face to God, right? You know, that's the slap in the face to God who is the greatest gift giver of all time. If you if you have been given and gifted with a gift, maybe you maybe you have a great singing voice or maybe a great speaking voice, right? And when people hear you talking or reading scripture, you just have this great awesome voice or maybe you can sing like no other. That's awesome that God has gifted you with that. 
but God is calling you to use it for his purposes and his glory. So by all means, don't slap God in the face and start smoking cigarettes at a young age that will destroy what God has blessed you with because everybody doesn't have that unique voice that you have been blessed with. My friends, if you feel called to go into law enforcement, don't disqualify, don't disqualify yourself uh, by seeking to see how many laws you can break along the way. Well, you say, oh, I'm a juvenile. I can, this is get off my record. I can, you know, I'm fine. I can get in trouble a little bit here and there with my friends. And then later on, I can decide to go into law enforcement because I do feel a, a calling to do that. Well, you might disqualify yourself by the time you get to that age because you you set this pattern of behavior into motion that can be hard to to get out of get out of right. And so you got to be careful. Maybe you're a young and gifted athlete where sports just seem to come naturally to you. Maybe you can play any sport that you know you you, you put your mind and body to. It comes naturally to you, like Tracy McGrady. He's a famous uh, basketball player. And so I was reading and listening about his story. Uh, he and his coaches say that his body and mind were just gifted to him for the game of basketball. Like he just came into this world uh, with this, this body and this mind to play basketball at a high level. All right. Okay. He didn't have to do anything to earn that basic, uh, you know, starting point. It was just naturally given to him. He was just good enough even to make it into the NBA. I know that sounds crazy. He was naturally good enough to make it into the NBA. But get this, he could have and should have been even more dominant in his profession if he would have just had a better attitude and posture about practice. That's a big part of Tracy McGrady's story is that he did not want to put in the extra time, effort, and energy that those guys who were just average they were putting in that time effort and energy, but he was so far ahead of them just walking into the gym. Okay. So he didn't want to put in that extra time. And there, and there are people uh, who may have had less skills and raw talent than him, but because they had a better worth work ethic than he did, they were able to excel beyond Tracy McGrady in the game of basketball. And so if you, so, you know, don't be like that, whatever God has gifted you with, even if you, if maybe you operate at a higher level than most people, but don't neglect that gift by not doing what you can to cultivate it and to make it into something even better. Okay. And so just, you know, if you have a great mind that works, you know, I've, I've talked to so many young people over the years that, and they have a great mind that works and they could easily be a level students, but they don't excel and they let their minds collect cobwebs because they're afraid that other people will look down upon them i've had i've had people tell me that you know i, I could i know i could get a's and b's in school but that's not cool and people will look at me i wouldn't be as cool as i am with my peers if i was excelling the way that i really could and that's and that's unfortunate that's the type of culture that's present in our schools and in our society but it is and somehow you got to find the resolve to rise above that and to do your best work anyway. Okay. And if you need help with that, contact me after, after service in, in, in the coming weeks. And we can talk about that at great length. I would love to have that conversation with you. Uh, and if you have a good marriage, maybe you have a great marriage, uh, or maybe you're seeking to have a better marriage. Uh, don't gas yourself up 
with the whole lot of negativity uh, and TV shows of people with bad marriages, right? People who are currently suffering through bad marriages, and those are the people you want to be most associated with. Or, or, or you got to be even careful about surrounding yourself with a whole bunch of single folks because which, whichever crowd you're looking at, uh, they, their motives, their perspective, their outlook, their intentions are all different from yours as somebody who is in a successful marriage or somebody who's aiming to have a successful marriage. And so you got to be careful because those types of thoughts uh, and motives can be a threat to what God is trying to, to birth through you, right? And the promises that God has made to you about keeping your marriage or saving your marriage uh, and gifting your marriage to grow, it can be stifled if we allow the wrong influences into our, our minds and into our lives. And so we got to be really careful about that. And get this, those same people, the people that's maybe in the bad marriage, those people who are singled, the people who are not as gifted and talented as you, God can bless them too. God can bless them too. And so it's no, it's really, it's really no reason for anybody to be jealous of anybody else's gift because God can bless them just as well as God blesses you. Amen. And so they, they just, if, if they're ready to seek and to receive those types of gifts from God, God can do it for them as well. But I'm going to just, I'm going to tell you something though. It's not your job to go and try to find out if they remember Mary was pregnant and she had this baby called Jesus. It's not your job. It's not my job to go around seeking and asking people if they're ready to to get pregnant by God with these great gifts from God. That's not your job. Your job is to, to focus on protecting what God has blessed you. And I can prove that to you very easily. I can promise you if, 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 if Pastor Greer, husband of Jennifer, father of Gabriella Grace Greer, if I was to go around asking, uh, hey ladies, are you ready to get pregnant uh, with the promises of God? I promise you she'd have a problem with me uh, because I am nobody's uh, ob guiney and I do not play a, 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 a doctor on TV, uh, a man, Dr. Huxtable, okay? And so that's not my job. That's not my position and it's not yours either. What you got to do, beloved, is make sure that whatever God has blessed you with, whatever God has allowed you to become pregnant with, uh, what God has, whatever God has allowed you to birth into this world, whatever that gift is, that you are doing all of the necessary steps to protect that gift. Okay, that's what we're talking about today: protecting the gift. All right, you've already accepted the gift, but now what are you going to do to protect that gift? That's what we're talking about today. And uh, family, know this: while King Herod, the one we just read about, King Herod the Great, he is dead but there is always somebody waiting to take his place and to pose a threat to our gifts. There's always somebody out there like that. Because even if you read the text, uh, keep reading the text in the Bible, you will see that Herod, he has some sons who were waiting in the wings to wreak havoc. Go back and read it. You'll see what I mean. They, they were some terrible sons and some of the things that they did. And so there's always, even after that one threat has been dealt with and, and, and eradicated, you got to know that there's always another one that's ready to rear its ugly head and try to wreak havoc in your life, especially as it relates to the gifts that God has blessed you with. It's always somebody like this. But know this, God is going to fulfill God's promises to you, even if it has to be over some dead bodies of folks. Man, that sounds harsh, doesn't it? But that's essentially what King Herod was saying. That was basically the challenges that he was putting out there essentially was saying, listen, oh, you think it's going to be a new king? 
Oh, it would it well, it would have to be over my dead body before I let before I let a new king come into this world. I don't care if this king is supposed to be the king of the Jews. I don't care if this king is supposed to be uh, God's son. I don't care if this guy is supposed to be the Messiah. I don't care who this guy is that's supposed to be born king. I've already been made king, and so it'll be over my dead body before I let somebody else take my place. Well, amen, and so be it. Because ultimately, despite uh, Harold's best evil efforts, he did not stop anything. The work and the will of God the Father was still accomplished, all right? Because God's word will never return back to God void. We got to always remember that. And guess what, my friends? Jesus is the word of God, amen? Jesus is the word of God and, and made flesh for us. And, and when he returned back to his father, what did he say on the cross? He said, it is finished. That means what I came to do, I did it. What you sent me down here to earth to do, Father, I did it. It is finished. And so God's word never returns back to God void. And so whatever God has promised you in, in, in previous seasons, God, if he's promising you things right now in this season, amen, guess what? God is going to bring it to bear, all right? And then, but we have a responsibility. We have a right to, 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 to protect that gift and to make sure that we cultivate it and make sure that it grows into all of the greatness that it has been designed to grow into, amen? And so again, I just want to ask you one more time, uh, what is it that God has gifted to you? And what are you willing to do to protect that gift? Right? Think about that, my friends, this year, as we prepare to close out uh, 2020 and we prepare to head into 21, what is it that you are doing uh, to protect the gift? That's what, that's what God has given us today for our sermon. Um, and so that's what I hope that you will pray about and think about uh, and, and operate in as you go forward from today. Amen. The Good Success Group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the Looking Forward Reaching Back podcast. If you have not already done so, please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming. And to sponsor future episodes of the Looking Forward Reaching Back podcast, please click on the support button or connect with us via Cash App or PayPal. The information to do so is listed under the description for this episode. We thank you so much for your support and stay blessed.